Welcome back to Deep Dish Radio. I'm Tim Powers. If you're new to the show, here's who we are. I'm a rock fan with a microphone who's been lucky enough to interview some of the folks who have made music that I love. In this episode, I spent a fun morning on the phone with a fellow who won the first Grammy for music video, helped win an Emmy for a comedy TV show, and recorded three of my favorite albums of all time, Magnetic South, Loose Salute, and Nevada Fighter. I love the other albums too, but these three are personal favorites of mine. The force behind these albums is on tour right now, and after almost 50 years, playing songs from these albums live in a series of special engagement concerts up and down the West Coast. If you're not on the West Coast, do yourself a favor and make the trip, because I can assure you that this incarnation of the first national band is worth every penny you'd invest in seeing them. Michael Nesmith and the first national band hit number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1970 with Joanne. And within its source album, Magnetic South, and its companion albums, is some of the best but toughest to categorize music ever laid down. Some call it country. Some call it country rock. A few years after Joanne hit the charts, acts like the Eagles and Jackson Brown and the Marshall Tucker Band would find gold in them Nar hills. Well, there's certainly gold in the grooves of the first national band albums. And in this episode, you'll hear from Michael Nesmith himself as he and I discussed what made this music so special. But before we do, I want to tell you about the tour. There are some dates coming up real quick, so you want to be sure and get your tickets as soon as you can. They're selling out, and if I were you, I wouldn't wait. Tickets are on sale now for the following cities and dates. Wednesday, November 2nd, 2019, Nez and the First National Band will be at the Lobero Theater in Santa Barbara. It's a beautiful venue. You'll love it. Thursday, October 3rd, Nez returns to the Largo in Los Angeles, and this time he's bringing the rest of the band with him. Saturday, November 5th, you can listen to the band at the Fremont Theater in San Luis Obispo. Tickets are available online. I'll be back at the end of the show with some more information about the tour and about a cool opportunity to win some great stuff that Ness has given away to a lucky listener like you. But for now, here's Michael. I called him up early on a Friday morning, and he was in a fun mood, (laughs) and you'll see why in a bit. And when I booked the interview, I promised myself I was not going to be the first one to say monkeys during the interview. You can hear the whole interview here, and you can see how I did. When Nez answered the phone, he actually quizzed me to make sure I was the real deal, not just another rock journalist who was going to sit down and ask him about liquid paper and MTV. He seemed pleased with my answer, so he let me proceed. And we joked around a bit, and then I asked him about the creation of these three first national band albums and what made them so special, so unique. This is what he had to say. The first time I got... Oh, man, we, we need to think of a name for this, Tim. It's got to be... But the first time I got... A, a sense of what it meant to listen to music high yeah. was when I, <clears throat> was when I listened to Loose Salute. And I was able to go back and unpack what Red had been doing all that time, sitting over there eating his medicated GIF. That's right. apocryphal, by the way. Uh, <clears throat> and, and, uh, and I realized, holy shit, this guy was from Mars. This guy, was, <clears throat> this guy brought more than just twinkle, twinkle dust. He brought something else in. And <clears throat> I know it's funny, and it's particularly funny in a crowd and so forth, but I'm dead serious. I don't know that Red was from Mars, but the twinkle dust I know for a fact exists. I mean, it you know, it gets in your sheets. Yeah. It gets in your underwear. It gets in your hair. It gets every place. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and once it's there, the world takes on a glow, golden glow. It's just <clears> – <throat> and I don't know how to describe it. I think – well, I'll try, but I think it has to do with the mellifluous sound of the pedal steel. It's sliding from note to note. Yeah. And and <clears throat> so, uh, like my current pedal steel player said to me the other day, I said, Peter, is is your axe a little pitchy? He said, it's not out of tune as long as the bar is moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, you know from personal experience that pedal steel is not not an easy instrument uh, to play. So, no, you know, no. finding somebody like Red who's got those kind of chops, um, you know, it, it was really just kind of a perfect storm. And as you went back and revisited this music with... You know, the four guys who were in the band and, uh, you know, really a nice tight band from a recording standpoint. I never had the the pleasure of hearing the first national band live because, you know, I'm 50 and uh, my my folks weren't taking four year olds to the troube. Um, (laughs) Do you uh, do you do you agree that the um, 
that the presence of this music in the rock and roll landscape was different. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. So we're on the same page. And then just another super personal question yeah. uh, that you do not have to answer, not that you ever would, but would have to answer it. But <clears throat> what's a, can you give me a little hint on your education? And as fair trade in kind, I never graduated from high school. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't get out of there. If you read my books, you know all this. I did. <clears throat> oh, good. And um, And I just, you know, when I discovered... I kind of kicked around, you know, the monkeys was a backward fall off of a cliff. Yeah. And I didn't know where it was going to stop. I hoped it would be in one of those cartoons where the, you know, the dog or the horse or whatever it is, when it hits bottom, gets up and dusts itself off, which is a little bit like what I think I did. You know, I just just dodged the cartoon window. Yeah. But in doing that uh, and learning about Red, I thought, you know, this guy is swooping in here, not from another planet but from another state of mind. Now, I'll stand on that statement. I don't, no, it's, not, it's not a cute uh, <clears throat> trick. Uh, it's, it, it really does say what I mean. He read was from another state of mind. And <clears throat> we have some really simple terms to describe it. Well, he's a redneck. Well, Red was certainly a redneck. Sure. Well, he's, he, he, was, he was cosmic. Yes, Red was certainly cosmic. <laughs> you're, still, you're still not quite there yet. And and he uh, he 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 played the pedal steel. Yeah, okay. Now you're off in the weeds. So you go over there and graze. <clears throat> in the meantime, you've hit a couple of really important points for me, which is that Red's approach to the instrument, mentally and musically and harmoniously, was unique in all the world. I never heard anything like it. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything since. His choices of uh, how to slide up and down the bar, always in tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and his choices of what to play where. In other words, where we were, if we were taking off on a trope, he would just find the roots of the trope and go with us, uh, having no idea <laughs> what the narrative was. Right. Do we get out of here alive? Do we? What happens? Do we fall down the well? Are we going to be locked in a vault of gold? <clears throat> but he didn't care. He left that all unsaid. And just let the song drive him there, at least so he said. And his <clears throat> and his sisters-in-laws and his wife and so forth, they all said the same thing about him. They said that he approaches the music like it's uh, like it's on an altar or something. Yeah. And uh, to my regret, my everlasting regret, I, I think I responded with some asshole remark like, "Well, it is." But, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't remember actually doing it, and so if anybody comes up to me and says, man, that was some crazy remark you made about Red playing, I'll say, what remark? Well, And I'll just, you know, I'll play it, I'll play it like it lays.
<laughs> well, that that brings up an interesting point about Red because you know with with your songwriting and Red, that was the the heart of of the first national band, and it was so good. You continued the partnership with Red into um, an album I love the and the hits. Right. And the hits just yeah. keep on coming. Yeah. How much of Red's involvement in those songs, which was just you and Red and your guitar and his his pedal steel. How much of that was of Red's playing was was just improvised? All of it. Awesome. <clears throat> every every note, <clears throat> every note. He never knew what he was going to play. Um, in fairness to everybody who's ever improvised, um, he did know he was improvising. Yeah. And he did understand that he was in territory that he had to create. But that's not unusual for, a, for an artist. You know, we live in lands we live in. We live in lands we build for ourselves. Yeah. And when we wake up in the morning, we look out, and it's the same bedspread, assuming we have one, and the same clock, assuming you have one. Right. It's, <clears throat> it takes nothing away from this sense of discovery. And it's that sense of discovery, I think, is what I'm pointing to when I say Red had a different state of mind that he imparted or that he inculcated into the music of the first national band. Yeah. And he put that out there and it just changed the weather vane. You know, you look up, you're going north 301 degrees and you, then you look up again and you're going east, southeast 286. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense and it's dead calm and <clears throat> you don't know where in the world is this guy getting these ideas. And I wonder if... <laughs> Because I was pretty sure he wasn't smoking it. I was pretty sure that, I mean, he did smoke and, sure. you know, like, like a house of fire, but, <clears throat> and he enjoyed being high. Yeah. And he seemed to enjoy being drunk. And, I mean, I just, I, I loved his joie de vivre and I loved his sense of the, mm, uh, I got to say this without saying it, of the, of the newness of the music to him. He, <clears throat> you know, this ain't country music. Not that he ever said anything like that, but right. he, he 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 certainly played like it wasn't. He played like it was something else, and imparted something to the listeners that, as far as my experience, has just brought everybody to a stop. Everybody stops shuffling. Everybody stops talking. Everybody everybody looks towards the stage. Yeah, and they you know down the long pipe between uh, Red and the sound guy and me. I mean, it was just. It was a magic. It was a magic land to go off in him. Is this too? Is right. this too much? I think there's a lot of this. It's a dope rap. So so just toss it. So you know, in, in you know, it's 1970, 1971. I don't imagine you know the the memories for any of that are are very clear, especially right now. But um, you yeah. know, you're you're on stage and you're you, you know you're playing with cats like Graham Parsons and the Burrito Brothers, you know, and those and the audience is there to see those cats, and there you are. Right. Maybe maybe in the nudie suit, maybe not. Um, You know, did you find that Red gave you the credibility to, you know, not to take away from from anything that you created, but did Red enhance that credibility with that country rock, for lack of a better term, the country rock and rollers that were there? There's a sense of cred that I'm not going to give myself credit for knowing Uh, it it is different than the than the cred that I have. Uh, the sense of cred and the, the definition of it. it yeah. It's not, <clears throat> it does not necessarily mean from the streets as it's so often used. It means authentic. And uh, when, and when I say it, it means authentic. When I talk about Red's cred, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do we get that? Do we get that idiot rhyme? Okay. We'll, yeah, we're we'll, good. We'll keep it. We'll pull it out. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, his, and and where he was rooted was in the midwestern mind uh he was he was very very normal and very sh- straight up and you know the guy I'm working with now Pete Finney yeah uh it has got all of the same beats not surprisingly since he hung out at Red's shop and he knew Red's licks and he knew Red's mindset and Red's royal amplifier repair was you know the if you opened a map, you saw a picture of a joint sitting there. I mean, it was <laughs> it was just it was a an incredible place to go and hang and get high and talk music and the future of music, right? And the future of electronics and so forth. It was a beehive of sort of wonderment for guys like me. 
and uh, the and the people that played for me. I mean, my guitar players and everybody else. Right. And Red was <clears throat> Red was the unannounced but undisputed king of that world. And uh, in my in in my experience of that world, he was the king of it. He's and, still kind of the gold <clears throat> standard, you know. I mean, you yeah. Uh, so you said yeah. As much as as you know the chops that Pete Finney has, and I'm certainly not taking anything away from him. He's filling capably very very big shoes what kind of challenges did you have and did you face while while trying to reconstruct um you know the the first national band when when uh, when you were putting it together well um i don't know uh i may need to back up out of that i don't know that i'm i'm going to give you the whole definition that you just laid out there okay but most of it i will because there was uh you know, I use the phrase sweet generous, but there was something so unique about Red's playing that it is ineffable. It's indescribable. I can't I can't say why it's such. I, <clears throat> I try to point to a couple of touchstones. One is in Thanks for the Ride off of, uh, I think it's off of uh, Loose Salute. Thanks for the Ride was, was the one that had the shark hook in it or maybe the fish hook or the, you know, the fantasy hook, some the Disney hook, some hook was in that song, and when Red started playing his um, little fill lines yeah. between what the rest of the band was playing, it hinted it. And I thought, wait a minute, what the hell is this? And I perked up. Uh, you know, I was I was stone smashed. It was a solid, you know, gravity-proof surface. And, <clears throat> and I'd start listening, and I think, man, this guy is coming from something I've never experienced before. Yeah. And he was completely conscious. Completely. I mean, I was talking to him through all those things. And <laughs> we were hanging out, and basically, as far as we knew, all we had was smoke and uh, 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 Bush Bavarian beer. That seemed to be enough to do it. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Right in the middle of the ten-cent scenery Shuffled and stacked on a postcard rack There's a cute little girl with a Shetland pony She smiles at me, but I can't smile back Cactus Jack drinks coffee black And tells me it's my lucky day Five o'clock in the Texas morning And I've come a long, long way Five o'clock in the Texas morning, I've come a long, long way. She left me cold on a winter's morning, and cold it's been for a long, long time. She told me Texas was where she's going, and I came looking, but she's so hard to find. Cactus Jack drinks coffee black, and tells me it's my lucky day. This morning I've come a long, long way Five o'clock in the Texas morning And I've come a long, long way the waitress where I'm from She just says, well I've never seen him, he's probably just a California bum Cactus Jack, he says, that's right So I walk out into the light Five o'clock in the Texas morning and I've got a long, long run This morning, I've got a long, long ride Outside, the sun is up 
And the wind blows me like a Dixie cup down the highway. What we're going to hear on the tour coming up and down the California coast yeah. are, are are you these are uh, exclusively tracks from from these three albums or are you going to you going to go outside of that and do maybe stuff from and the hits and the the second national band album Well I think any place you see the congregation of the national bands you'll you can expect some of this music Yeah um the the it gets wonky when <clears throat> Uh, you know, Pete scares me a little bit because he said, oh, I could never do what Red does. And I'm sitting there listening to him do what Red does. Yeah. And and but you can't really talk anybody off of a ledge like that that I know of, because um, they, it's a it's a sense of uh, I can't do this. All I can do is kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that's the first notion you have to disabuse anybody of and. And it dawned on me when I first heard Red's solo, you know, the first time he ever played it. Yeah. And we and, and, and the thing goes quiet and all right, we're clear and and I and I looked over at Red, my mouth was a ga- a, a jar. When is when is the mouth not a door? Uh <laughs> <clears throat> it's not exactly the joke, but you know, fuck all it, of you people. <laughs> it works, Nez. It works. Anyway, <clears throat> it was then and I thought where how is he looping these notes together this this notation is indefinable undescribable you can't write this stuff down yeah uh, or at least i don't know how to do it i suppose there's some you know whiz kid at juilliard or at uh, berkeley that says uh no this is how you do it and since i'm back in the berkeleyites go <laughs> yeah that's it <clears throat> but i can tell you that from standing up on stage and listening to red play it there is a, there's something in the pedal steel guitar that cries like a human being cries. Yeah. And it's a, it's a painful, uh, it's a mourn, it's a moan, it's oh, like that. <clears throat> and when you do it and you put it in the right place, it goes from a lament into just this uh, soaring sense of uh, gratitude for life. You think, you know, however bad this gets, yeah. it's better than the alternative. And <clears throat> it's, it is, uh, that is what Red really put on the map. Um, he, he said, this is something this instrument will play. This is something Nesmith is singing about. This is lost love and, you know, strange passages. Yeah. And if you play it there, it will sound like this. And then he plays it <laughs> and, you know, your hair stands out on your, on your head. <clears throat> so that was the first time it dawned on me was uh, a loose salute <clears throat> off of Nevada Fighter, the first time Red ever played the solos. Yeah. <clears throat> and it defined those solos. Now, Pete sort of plays the same solo, uh, and it has its own altitude, I have to say. I mean, there's not, uh, he doesn't leave anything on the table for Red. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Red took it all off the table anyway. And he was, uh, you know, Pete understands it. He knows what's happening in those moments <clears throat> where Red is crying or Red is laughing or Red is, but it's all spiritual. It makes no external sound other than the steel itself. So it it becomes a, um, you know, a real ride inside the music that I had never had before. I, you know, yeah. people would say, oh, look, Mac, it's a, carousel do you know they called this a carousel back where they call pecans pecans well this is a carousel and if you get on there you see this seat right here sit down here no you won't fall off honey go ahead sit in now put your belt up nice and tight that's good okay now i'm going to stay here for a few minutes but we're going to go in a circle right did she did she just say go in a circle so we're going to go in a circle and you won't get dizzy the fuck I won't. <laughs> and you'll really enjoy it. This is the best seat on the carousel. Does she mean pecan? What's which carousel? <laughs> I'm completely lost now. What is he talking about? And the thing starts off, and I think, uh-oh, I've made a big mistake. 
<laughs> this seat is stationary. Nothing's happening. Everybody else is going boink, 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 up, down, up, right. down. Talking down to people, talking up to people. And I'm sitting in a sofa in the couch on the carousel in the living room that's turning around. <laughs> and that was, that's the best I can give you, Tim. That's but awesomeness. That, but it aptly describes those moments with red, you know. Yeah. And, and the uh, half-drunk bottle of Bush and the, and the half-smoked joint. Well, I'll tell you, I am uh, I am looking forward to hearing what the new band has uh, together, and I will do my best in Southern California to bring you a six pack of Bush Bavarian beer, so that we can. Uh, okay. As a, as a St. Louisan, we're we're proud of our Bush Bavarian beer, but it's not easy to find on the West Coast. Um, the the new band you've got you've got Pete right. Yep, and, yep, yep. And then uh, and tell me about the other cats that are in the band. I understand they're pretty important to you. <clears throat> Well, you know, number one is Christian. He's my son, my oldest son. Right. And, num- and number two is uh, Jonathan, my second oldest son. Right. Both of them, both both of them are Class A guitarists. When I, you know, they play at you know the first call professional level. Yeah. <clears throat> around town, uh, and um, and they they both have very advanced uh, musical ideas. Jonathan is uh, came out of Berkeley. Uh, the music school, right? And uh, Christian uh, grounded out overnight, as so many as of us had, you know, at Genghis Cohen yeah. in Los Angeles. So <clears throat> they both had these, you know, extraordinary chops. From there, you know, we actually lift off. I mean, wheels up, and the first wheels up uh, is the rhythm section, which is uh, Jason Chesney and uh, Christopher Alice. And <clears throat> Christian said, these are the two best percussionists I've ever worked with. And now they are for me as well. I mean, I worked with some of the greats and, yeah. and you know, he was right in putting those together. And so <clears throat> there is something in the band and something in the music that I can only describe as swing. It's a, it's a, it's a moment where the duple rhythm to poo papa poo poo papa poo poo papa picks up a swing. And that's <clears throat> because it's it's uh, finite. You can identify it. You know when you know somebody's playing the the, the duple rhythm when they're playing a swing rhythm. Yeah. And <clears throat> and you can tell when they start to play together when the two things conflate. And you think, well, wait, is this a is this a swing? Is this is this a, 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 what kind of Latin rhythm is this? Is this a samba? I don't know what this is. Right. But <clears throat> it takes on such a danceable impulse that you sort of can't keep your shoulders from moving, and that that rhythm goes all the way to your feet. And I've seen people who can really dance open these songs up in a way that I only hear when I write it. Wow. <clears throat> so it's it's a it's it's a great experience to see. However, you know. I, I right now talking to you, I've got the power of the word, and I can describe it, you know, in a lot more awesome terms than uh, you might be able to actually experience. And if you don't have the the music button installed, it's down near your elbow, so you may have never noticed by now. Okay. But if if you've never had it installed, then you don't ever really recognize it. And there's no teaching it. I don't know. How, well, I say that like I know. I don't mean to be quite quite so uh, <laughs> <clears throat> quite, quite so cosmic. But it's very hard to teach. Can I, well, I can I get that one. It's very hard to teach because people don't. They don't. I don't have a button by my elbow. And it's like no, you wouldn't. And so it's you know you just have to let people do that. But when they've got the button. Yeah, and and you say, all right, look, when he comes to the solos and the fill sections, just push the button for a second, which means let it all go and let God play it. Oh boy, what did I really just say that?
lot of uh, a lot of music whether it's whether it's yours or, or whatever resonates with people it is it is that transcendent and i think that's what you're trying to i think that's what you're trying to lay down for me and you know while it's impossible to teach it is not impossible to experience so yeah, to hear what i'd like to do is just cut away for a second and and play a couple of tracks of what folks can expect and and give an example of the stuff that we're talking about and then cut back to us and say yeah. Um, you know, Nez, in, in putting the band together, you've got some, um, you know, you've got Jonathan, you've got Christian, you've got the percussionists and, you know, as you went through and picked the playlist for this, or, or you and Christian did, or you and Christian and Jonathan did, um, what kind of, what kind of feelings did you have when, you know, you, you dusted off these albums and put them down on the turntable? You know, what, how, did did anything come back to you? Did anything new come back to you? Did you hear anything that you hadn't heard before? No, I, I can't. <clears throat> you know, you're asking a question that's a little bit built metaphorically around the moment under the Christmas tree where she uh, gives him what, what uh, the ring he's always wanted. Right. And you ask him uh, uh, two decades later, when your wife gave you that ring, <laughs> did it? Uh, that's a good. That's the, a good point, Ms. After after the fourth Christmas, did it shine any brighter? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the answer is no. Okay. It doesn't. They never shine any brighter than they than they do when they hit all the buttons, and <clears throat> they don't always hit all the buttons, frankly. But I have. It's been a long time since I played with a band that didn't. And uh, this band that has, uh, you know, the um, uh, some of the best players I've ever been with, a keyboard players, a guy named Alex Jules, who's also classically trained at Berkeley. And <clears throat> I don't know why I'm saying this. I, I'm not impressed by that particularly. But they're just great players yeah. is the point I'm trying to make. And and uh, and seasoned, you know. Yeah. So they know what's happening. When, when Red lifts off, I suggest that the next song you play is Thanks for the Ride. Because it it is uh, it's the one that pushed me over the edge. This this when you see when you hear Red by himself, yeah. and then there's a long passage. Now, it it must go unannounced, and what I'm doing right now is announcing it, and that just screws it up. But <clears throat> when uh, so, if you can forget it, it's like forgetting what meatloaf tastes like. But if you can forget it, when you take this bite. And when you hear this little s- snippet, you'll hear something in what Red's doing yeah. in that in the solo. That's not specific. Uh, you can't figure it. You, 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 what the hell is he playing? So listen to it with that in mind. He does it a couple of times, and by the second time he does it, I, I'm just on the floor. Yeah, you know, yelling, yelling for the people by the. By the pool or in the backyard. Hey, you guys come in and listen to this. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but you know, always, always completely <laughs> un, unheard and un, unheralded and all alone, standing screaming in the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> Thunder rumbling, twice the size, echoes distant to my goodbye. Clearing forgotten miles Hands me my remembered smile 
as far as the tour goes, Nez, um, you know, yeah. you're going to be you're going to be playing these hits and the uh, you know, this is not the first time in the past few years that you've you've uh, you've played these. Tell me about the experience um, with the audience. You know, those of us who are who are rabid fans of these three albums, um, we know them. We love them. We love you for them. Um, what kind of relationship do you have with the audience, if any, while uh, while delivering th- this particular set of music? Well, the way I understand an audience is like a standing wave. And the way I understand uh, <clears throat> a standing wave is the way physicists uh, understand it. Okay. Uh, the best The best explanation I ever had was given to me by a guy named Chris Langton, who I consider a close friend and and he was explaining how, and putting together, he's writing a, a jaw-droppingly good, big book, important book. And in this, he introduces this idea of the standing wave. And in an effort to explain it to people who might not know, he unpacks and says, "This is what a standing wave is. Uh, it's it's you know when when the incoming sound wall uh, hits the outgoing sound wall, it reflects. Yeah. And that that reflection." is the standing wave. And because when you come by it, <clears throat> if you're in a car on a freeway, it looks like everybody's stopped. But they're not. They're moving. But you just can't see the motion because it's inside the music. Is that is that good? That is fascinating. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, it fascinated I... me. I thought, <laughs> do you realize do you realize what just happened? It was like no, <laughs> I felt like I was poor. <laughs> and I thought, what, what just happened? Well, standing waves is when the reflection is. No, no, don't do standing waves. Why did I pee my pants? <laughs> it's it's like that. It's so uh, basic and so um, basic. I I, don't, yeah. I I got I got other words, but I'm I'm too stoned right now to come up with them. But the thing that <clears throat> that makes it so basic yeah. is is that it's giving voice to something you and I, and I'm going to suggest everybody else that's a human being, yeah. understands. We hear it. We understand it. We say, oh, yeah, I know what that's about. And if it's about crying, then that's where we are. And if it's about jubilation, then that's where we are. And if it's about revenge, then that's where we are. I mean, it puts us in those moments. And Red does this. I mean, if if I'm the only one that sees um, the Dixie Cup blowing down the highway, then yeah. Michael and Martin Murphy would never have written that song. Yeah. Uh, and I, if I was the only one that saw the long and winding road uh, in front of, uh, of of Thanks for the Ride, then. Uh, I would be astounded because I think everybody can just hear those, hear that uh, instrumental open up and realize that thing, that thing stretches on for miles. It goes and goes and goes and goes, and it doesn't need to stop. It doesn't have a termination point. It is, you know, the stuff of life. And if you're anything like me, uh, you know, that chokes you up. There you go. And the, and the best way to experience uh, the connection and this music, and the and the best way to connect with its with its creator is live. Hi. So hi, no and, hi hi, it's hi. <laughs> I do not advocate the use of drugs. Oh no, I did not. Neither did Amy Winehouse. I do not advocate the use of alterants of any kind. I think it's a big mistake. Do not do it. However. Should you find yourself? (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just, I'll leave the ellipsis as it sits. (laughs) As you complicate things greatly, since you came into my life, old veneers and stately postures, wax minute within your sight, and the taxing way. Of adjusting to all the thoughts which you reveal Only incites me to motion While that's the crux of your appeal 
His humble plans just don't seem to inspire me to heights as they did, or as seeing you, or as touching you, mine. The card that I should have sent days ago falls short of reaching you. Memories speak kindly now. Rolling now 
It's foolish if you resist the changes that come into your everyday life. There might be some trepidation, but don't let hesitation deprive you of hope and try to replace it with fear. You just roll with the flow wherever it goes, even if it rolls out of here. So that's a sample of some of the music you'll hear when you go see Michael Nesmith and the First National Band coming up the first week in October in Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, and San Luis Obispo. The theater in Santa Barbara is really nice. If you can make it, go to that show. Nez's autobiography, titled Infinite Tuesdays, has sold most of its initial press run, but Nez himself has the last 300 copies. If you buy one at Nez's personal website, it's called VideoRanch3D.com. VideoRanch3D, the number 3D. Com. Every copy that you buy will come with a numbered card. And on November 30, 2019, Nez is going to draw one of those lucky numbers live on his Facebook page. And the winner of that drawing will get a $500 Video Ranch gift card. So you can visit Nesmith's website and buy up a bunch of his music and give it to friends and family who need to have their minds and their ears blown. Or you could send them this episode. I don't know. I'll tell you something else, too. If you've always wanted to meet Nez, you got a chance. At each of the concerts in October, there are a limited number of meet-and-greet tickets available for each show. You can actually meet Nez, and while you're at it, bring him a can of Bush Bavarian beer. At each of the websites that are selling tickets to the show in Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, and San Luis Obispo, there'll be meet-and-greet tickets on sale there as well, while supplies last. It costs a little extra, but if you're a fan, it's worth it, right? And if you like the music you hear and you can't make it to the concerts, Head over to VideoRanch3D.com and buy up a bunch of CDs. They have all of Michael's stuff there, plus some cool videos and some merch, and yeah, they even have wool hats. Thanks for checking out Deep Dish Radio. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Tim Powers, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 